to Empowered by Women for Women. This podcast brings you inspirational women and their stories, their successes and their experiences along the way. Join us to be challenged and inspired, brought to you by Invintage and hosted by myself, Trudy Kerr. Rachel Kakia has had a long and varied career in Malta, starting her journey in 2001 at Where's Everybody, working on Malta's longest-running chat show, Sharabank. After four years, she moved on to owning her own company. When she was at the tender age of 23, she formed a long-term partnership with Martina Zemi and co-founded V Squared. Now, Rachel has been the CEO of this popular media company for 12 years, along with presenting TV show Gadgets, maintaining her role as a popular social media influence, and as well as being a wife and mother. Now, today, I want to find out how this superwoman does it. (laughs) Wow, thank you for the introduction that I just saw my career and life literally career in, in t- 20 <laughs> seconds, seconds. Yes, absolutely 20 years of my life running through my that, I mean head. that's a pretty stunning Very career good. Abs- and we're going to talk about your mm-hmm. career mm-hmm. and your role in media and so on in a few minutes before they do that I want to kick off and dive straight in with a question about you mm-hmm. when was the last time that you had some serious me time and what does me time look like for Rachel Kakia? Okay, so since I had Eva, which is now three years ago, it's been quite a roller coaster. So I'm just getting into the ropes of parenthood, of motherhood, uh, which is not easy, and balancing things out between my career and, and my motherhood role, I would say it's, it's tough. Um, me time for me is very important. I try to make time. To find the time is... is another thing um so it's quite uh, challenging but i believe that you need to be feel good yourself to be a good mom as well so it's important to find that time i don't want i don't like romanticizing parenthood because i believe um, for me especially i feel it's definitely the toughest job ever um, and I've done quite a lot of jobs in my life, so I can, for me, obviously, it's everyone from his own experience. For some people, it comes natural to be a mom. For others, it doesn't come that natural. So it's, I love my daughter to bits, definitely, but it's, it's quite a tough one. It's, it's a tough ride, and I'm still trying to understand what, what works, what doesn't. Um, obviously, I learned as well that being a perfectionist Forget it. Um, don't. You can't be a perfectionist anymore. I have anymore. no doubt. <laughs> Both in your career and in being a mom, um, you have to let go. And I learned that from my daughter. You know, as long as she's safe and happy, um, being perfectionist comes second. Well, we're going to talk about your role as, as a mother as well. But coming back to that me time, mm-hmm. what does me time for... Rachel Kakia look like because we you mentioned you yes mm-hmm. me time is important what do you do as me time for me it's just sitting on the sofa and watching a nice series on Netflix that's me time that's that's something that I enjoy um binging on on a series yeah, what was the last what was the last Netflix series that you watched should I say it it's <laughs> it's sex life the last series I watched which I loved it and it was quite I binged it in just 
a night and a bit because obviously I don't get much of that time, you know, to, to do it. So literally from Saturday, I think it was Saturday evening till the next day. I love that. <laughs> well, listen, let's come to that. You're talking there about this work, family, rest, life balance. Mm-hmm. And you are, as you've just mentioned, seriously busy. So how easy do you find it to maintain that balance? You talked about being a mum for the, the first time and, and everything that that involves. But let's talk about the balance. Yes, I, as I tell you, I'm, as I'm telling you, it's still something I'm learning. Um, with, I'm very career driven, I have to admit. I love my, my job. So for me, it's literally, I'm, I'm not at work. I just love it. When you become a parent, it's not just about you anymore you have to think about um, the other um, your child and your partner because let's not forget it's it's it's, it's a relationship you know and uh, it's it's not easy but you have to find that balance it's important even just spending time with with your partner I believe that is also so important as much as spending time on your own and as much as spending time with your child well, you're also a successful businesswoman, so I'm wondering if some of that sort of scheduling and, and arranging and being a perfectionist comes into how you manage that balance. Because that's, that's what I'm always curious about. How do people actually manage it? Do they say to their partner, okay, today we're going to manage to make three or four hours for each other, or next week we're going to do it? How does that, how does that work? Time management is quite something that I'm not good at. And <laughs> like tomorrow I have booked this day at the spa with me and my partner we're going there to have a massage and to have you know some time at the Lido relaxing that was pre-planned like from two weeks ago but when it comes from the day-to-day things which which there are a lot both business-wise and both you know when you're a parent those I struggle a bit um though I my partner I have to say he's better at that Listen, I also noticed as I was researching you, there's a lot of personal requests and opportunities that come along as part of your job. I've previously been always been nervous to turn them down. So whether it be an appearance, whether it be presenting something or, or, or a work opportunity, you don't necessarily want to turn those down. But of course, that then comes back to the work-life balance. So how do you decide what you will and won't do, whether it's work or whether it's you know doing someone a favor? How do you decide whether it's an inappropriate or it's appropriate or whether it's going to encroach on time with your family i think it boils down if something's going to make me happy doing it or if something's going to stress me out doing it i think i decide on those levels if it's something that's going to make me happy and it will bring some value into my life or career then i'll i'll take it if it's not you know something that's going to affect me particularly i just let it go and give priority to other things basically but obviously when it comes to clients those are especially my priority so it becomes although I managed through through the years to to understand as well that we have a time frame of when we work then you get you go home and just forget a bit about work so you can recharge yourself for the next morning and this is something that is well you can train your your clients your team to think in that way and things fall into place most of the time. So 
that is something as well that I appreciate that having long-lasting clients, they understand, you know, that as well you have your life that you have to sort of deal with as well. And Those client relationships are extremely important. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But before we get there, I'm dying to ask you, practically speaking, you and your husband, Alex, both work. So how do you manage looking after your daughter, Eva, and working full time? I mean, I'm coming, I'm coming and asking you a lot of questions about the practical, about the nitty gritty, because I'm really genuinely interested and amazed. I don't know how we manage, but we do. Honestly, it's something that just falls into place sometimes. But there are those moments where, you know, you think he is handling something and then you realize, no, I am handling it. Uh, we're going into the next phase as well, where Eva's starting school. So now there's a lot of things going on, uniform, thinking about, you know, the subjects that we need to look into. There's so many things, the nitty gritty, even doing the passport for Eva, we want to travel. So then you try and understand and figure out, listen, you are going to take charge of this thing. So you make it clear and I will be taking charge of this thing, because sometimes you rely, you end up relying on each other and the things won't get done. This is obviously, we have both challenging careers, we have both demanding careers, um, but we both know that when we get home, our priority then is Eva and we spend the time with her, you know, playing, having the bath together. There sounds like quite a lot of project management there. Mm. You saying to Alex, hey, listen, you take that piece, I'll take this piece <laughs> and we'll divide it up and we'll work it out. But I'm also wondering if you have a strong family support network because I, with both of you working, I'm assuming that that would be essentially important. Definitely. Um, the support and um, asking for help, one, something that I do very often. And if people offer help, I take it. And without, is, it, is that hard? Does that come naturally to you? Or, yes, it does. It does. Because I learned in my life that where I cannot make it, asking for help can help me get there, basically. And it works. Um, uh, with Alex's parents, especially, they're very supportive. So literally, we live on top of each other in the same block, which is great. And... <laughs> We sometimes joke about it because sometimes we just, we say, okay, we put Eva on the lift, we press number four, <laughs> and it's like delivering food, you know, from one level to the next. <laughs> so, yes, that is how supportive they are. Can you imagine if you didn't have that support, would, it, would you still manage? Would you still be able to do that? To be honest, I have so much respect for single parents, for example. I don't know how they do it if they don't have any support I wouldn't I don't I don't know obviously you'll find a way always let's talk about your role as a, as a working mum a full-time worker working mum do you still still think there's a, a bit of stigma related to being a full-time working mum we've we've been discussing with in a previous show with Francesca Fenaconti that the, Malta is a patriarchal society and with that in mind then it could be perceived that the woman's place is in the home do you ever get that do you ever have that feeling Unfortunately, since the day I had Eva, I felt that, listen, um, from the little things, you feel it. Like, for example, maternity leave. I remember, okay, I had maternity leave. And what about paternal leave? Automatically, you feel that the responsibility falls on you. So you're the person that is in charge of, the, of this child, basically. Obviously, I feel it as well a bit discriminatory on 
the father's side because obviously they don't have the paternal leave, but this is because of society and how we're, we're ingrained with the stereotypes that the mother is the person that should be taking care of um, the child. So yes, I think if we change these things from higher laws of society and then it starts trickling down, I think things will be much better for everyone. Obviously, I think naturally people, there is this thing that they say, the mother, the mother, the mother is the one who's, you know, the closest to her child. Obviously, if you're breastfeeding, which I was, I definitely think that the mother has to be there present because it's literally breastfeeding every two to three hours. But even more, I would say you need the support of the father, you know, of the dad being there, you know, helping you during those times, which is very important. Yes, um, I think there's a lot of pressure on women. And if you have a career, they see it as, you know, you're not maybe giving the right priority to your child. You're not seen as the perfect mom or the, the ideal mom because moms should be with their child all the time. You know, there are these things. But for me, as long as I know that Eva is safe and happy, I'm happy with that. I think, I think the fact that she sees us both into working, into our career, eventually she will also appreciate that. We mentioned a few minutes ago, and I love something you said, that Eva had taught you how to not be a perfectionist. And you just said the pressure of being a perfect mum. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know personally, is there a pressure to be the perfect mum? Yes, there is. I think it's coming from the patriarchal society, as you mentioned. The fact that since when you're very young, there is that feeling of, you know, you have to do certain things to be a good mom. You need, you need to be home, you need to cook, you need to clean, you need to be there to provide for your, your family, for your children. I think something that's ingrained, it's not very obvious nowadays, but it's subliminally, it's still with us, I feel. It's still there. It's still people look at you deep down and say, but how, how do you manage? How do you, you're not with, you, with your daughter? Don't spend time with your daughter, you know? Like during the day, where is she? She's at, you know, childcare. She's at school. She's at childcare. I think things change, to be honest, as well. Things improved. Um, but there's a lot that we still need to push the to the agenda. Well, let's look at the flip side of that, because you're talking about women in the role as, as uh, mothers. But do you think that particularly young women are encouraged enough to re their, reach their full potential professionally, particularly in the arts and creativity, because that's the area that you're in? Do you think women are encouraged enough? It's proven that um, once women become mothers, um, there's a a reduction in, for example, females becoming CEOs or becoming manage managers in, in their own job because obviously they need to take their time off their maternity leave. It includes as well a long period of time away from their career, so sort of stumbles their uh, progression. And I think it's all about the mindset as well. The, the, if you think that, listen, I want to balance things out, I want to be a good mom and a good and, and great in my, in my career, I think it's achievable. It all depends, I believe, a lot on the person. Um, so if you put a lot of restrictions and a lot of what people think on yourself, then 
it's going to affect you probably. But if you think about it and say, listen, no, this is what I believe it will make me happy, the gut feeling that you have that you have inside you, and what indirectly will make my family happy, because if I'm happy, then my family is happy. And I really believe in that. It's all about mindset. So if you don't let people affect you in your way of thinking, in the way of working, in the way of doing things, then it's, I think you will progress no matter what. Well, as well as being about the mindset, about the personal mindset, you also have this issue where you have the, the potential to influence because you are a social media influencer. And of course, if we have more it's people... A, it's a big word. Huh? <laughs> if, we have more, if we have more people like yourself conveying those messages, mm -hmm. then that is what people, particularly of younger generations, will absorb and understand. Mm -hmm. And for them, it starts to become normality. My last question, before we go on to talk about your career, you have quite a following uh, as an influencer. And you are much more consistent in your approach to Instagram, for instance, than someone like me who consistently uh, posts photographs of them and their dog, <laughs> which really isn't that much of a help to anyone. But social media influencing is a new form of communication. And you started your career in 2001 and Instagram didn't exist then. So let me ask mm -hmm. you, is it hard work? You, I mean, you always look amazing. You always wow, make such you. an effort. Thank you. Is it hard work? Do you enjoy it? My perfectionist self would tell you, listen, I don't do it. I'm not doing much on Instagram because I really am. I don't feel I'm not. I am consistent. Yes. I mean, yes, as you said, it's a new medium. It's quite a, there's quite a pressure, a lot of pressure as well to adapt to all these different mediums. So I started my career in TV, then we progressed, you know, to Facebook features and now Instagram stories, which I love. Honestly, I think Instagram is a platform where, where you really connect with people and you can share your true self and, you know, ask for advice and learn a lot from people, which is great. I love Instagram more than Facebook, to be honest. I put pressure mainly on the people with me to take the photo, like take my partner with like take a photo, take a photo, okay, ten for one photo you took, no, ten photos. You know, that's the but it's not something that I say I'm consistent on Instagram. I like it. I'm more consistent on the stories rather than on my feed. Um I like it. I like that you can pass on quite a lot of messages and positive um affirmations to to people which is great you know and this is something that i want to some people ask me how do you manage how do you do it i tell them like it's not easy you know having a career with and people are in interested in how the work-life balance how i manage that work-life balance with with my daughter my career and it's something that i would love to give more to be honest because um, i would love to share more about it but it's a lot of time it's a lot of hard work and people underestimate it absolutely it's a lot of hard work but coming from the other side of social media i heard recently in this podcast one of our guests turned around and said i am very very concerned about what i take on board and who i follow as well as what i put out there i think that was brooke borch and also said in you know it's it's liberating to unfollow those people who are not 
positive influences. Is that something that you subscribe to? Is something you do as well? I'm not all the time on Instagram. So I maybe digest a few people every every night because I'll do it like just before I go to sleep. But yes, definitely, if there's someone that, you know, that is of a negative impact on me, I would definitely let go of of that and unfollow that person. I like knowing what the, the what people are going to I'm always interested in in the stories of people um so for me getting to know people through the medium it's interesting to see their life their family sometimes they show you know and but it's it's sometimes as well there's a lot of things that if I follow another mother who has a career and she's you know she's and I see her like how is she managing you know indirectly I get a bit influenced and maybe sometimes I say I'm not doing enough I can do better but isn't that the the downfall of Instagram and the downfall of social media is that we only put out the best of us we mm-hmm. don't tell the truth for the most part we don't say I'm having a crappy day I, and I'm, and I'm not feeling good and this is not my best I do it when I feel like doing it, like saying that it's not, I'm not having a good day or maybe I was crying. I don't romanticize parenthood, as I told you. So this is something that I show on my Instagram. Um, obviously, I'm coming from a media background, so I understand that, listen, you can't put your 24 hours a day things on Instagram. So I understand that there are things that are cut off. But yes, there are people that wouldn't know that and that is why we need more education about the media in fact well you've just mentioned your career in media and we're going to talk about that now because uh, you have quite a resume and you're not even 40 which is absolutely (laughs) amazing you've worked with some of the best clients on the best projects for the past 20 years what do you think is your key to success there could be somebody else's key to success as well. Is it the clients? Is it the people around you? What do you think that your key to the, your success is? Being surrounded by like-minded people and uh, people that, that are on your same wavelength don't necessarily think the same as you, but they have the same drive as you. I think that is the key to being successful, doing our job needs a team of people and this is the fun part of it having a number of people working on projects you see them grow and and succeed this is i think part of as well the fulfillment that i get from my job as well seeing my team being successful in their own way so yes being successful is a lot of things i mean entrepreneurship is quite a buzzword today um, but you get a lot of punches everywhere um, you get a lot of lows and the highs are very minimal, but you get to appreciate those highs and be grateful for them. And this is something that I'm happy to be sharing with, with my team, with Martina Zame, to my business partner. And it, it's something that we, sometimes we need to stop and think and say, well done, you know, and be happy about the, the successes that we had through our long-lasting career together as well. Well, you mentioned, Martina, your, your partner. How did this come about? How did that conversation come about? Let's set up a media company. 
maybe not everyone knows, but I had a, um, another media company before V Squared. It was called Four People. So my career started at Charabang, as you mentioned. Mm. And I think I got my creative bug definitely from there. Um, it was amazing how you see these people being creative and passionate sleeping at the office. I remember for me, the television world was something unreachable in the sense it wasn't real. I was quite a TV fan. I remember watching Italian television and for me, knowing that there are quite a number of producers behind the show was amazing. Um, then I started for people which came about because during my time at Charabank, I went through an episode in my life where I lost my dad and this is where my business um, bug, I think, started. Um, I think that moment of that loss, that disbelief, confusion, and the almost immediate mode, um, the almost immediate move into a survival mode, you know, pushed me towards the opening, doing things that I love, that I want to do. And um, this is how V Square then started because um, I wanted to give it my best shot. Uh, Martina was very persuasive after four people to start a new company. And I said, okay, let's let's do it. And this was how many years ago? 12, was year, 12 years ago. 12 years ago, yes. So let's go back to 12 years ago. Was there ever a moment where you're sitting down with Martina over a, a glass of wine and you're discussing this business when you thought to yourself, blooming heck, we're two women. Are people going to take us seriously? We were two women. We were young and we were entering a male-dominated industry. So it was practically all the, all the reasons why we could have failed as well, you know, in, the, in that sense. Um, but um, we went through a lot of ups and downs in the sense that until you figure out um, the personalities and fill in the gaps of each other, I think this is what makes us successful because we fill in the gaps and the blind spots of each other. We, we, we come from very different backgrounds, very different personalities, and this is what makes us successful. Um, I mean, there are times, you know, as I told you, the entrepreneurship has a lot of lows. So you, you say, like, what are we doing here? Is this worth it? Um, but then you think future, you think you always set new goals, then you reach them. You, another target, you reach it, and you continue like that. It progresses naturally, I say. Well, you've had this amazing career, and you've beaten the men, and you've done really, really well, um, but you are heading towards uh, another benchmark, which is a lot of people would see 40. You're still a way to go, but a lot of people would see 40 as a benchmark. Do you feel any pressure, either in your career or in your home life, as you head towards that figure? I think it only gets better, to be honest. <laughs> I hope so, at least. I think getting a bit mature and, you know, gets, I, I believe it can only get better, yes. Well, I can tell you, it does <laughs> only get better. It gets an awful lot better, so uh, there you go. Great. Get out, get out the bag, I'm telling you. I'll take, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to finish by asking you if you have any wise words for the generations of women below you women who might either be mothers might be working mothers or might be career women do something you love follow your passion follow your dream um, don't be afraid of 
of challenging the status quo. And this is what I really believe. Follow your gut, something that I truly believe in that. You'll know, you deep down, you'll know that, listen, this is for me, this is going to work, this is not going to work, both in relationships, in life, in career. So that is something definitely I really believe in. And believe in yourself. That's another thing, which I think women... Sometimes, maybe because we're coming from the cushioning around us, I think that is what makes us sometimes not believe too much in ourselves. We need to have affirmations from other people. Rachel Kaka, you have been inspiring, you have been entertaining, and you have been absolutely awesome. Thank you ever so much for being here with us on Empowered. Thank you. <laughs>